This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, the co-host of the show, if I may say so. Uh, I'm not so Undergardener sure. of the show. Undergardener is much better. Sue's <laughs> uh, chef of the show. I gave myself a promotion. How long did it last? About a second. <laughs> then I got the word. Digging the ribs here. Frank Proctor here along with James Dooley, who is our uh, producer of the show. He handles all the calls as they come in, so that's the first voice you will hear when you call these numbers. All right? Mm-hmm. 416 416- 416-360-0417, that for Toronto area listeners, and anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And... Of course, if you're a first-time caller, just let us know, and you will be welcomed by the little bell. Sort of our, our um, homage to uh, Clarence. Yes, but, it's a but, wonderful but, life. Yeah, or butterfly wings. We kind of yes, like the idea yeah, of we, butterfly, butterfly wings. wings. Yeah, it's probably a better analogy, if you will. Uh, <laughs> and This is the garden show, after call, all. <laughs> call early, call often. One question per call in a good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Can I get a word in edgewise now? Well, now, yeah, it's your show. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's why I'm just sitting here going, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Not a very pretty day to be in the garden. No, no, it isn't. It's very windy. Yep. It is snowing. In some areas, yeah. yeah. Orangeville, I guess right across sort of that. Cottage country. That escarpment there. Yeah. Uh, the highway, whatever it is, 9, mm-hmm. 109. There's some, some big snowstorm happening there. So stay home, hunker down, listen to the radio. Or if you can get out, come downtown to the Direct Energy Center. The Zoomer show is on. Absolutely. And, of course, Frank and I are going to head over there after the show, hang out. Chat with some people. Go chat with Marilyn, who was just on before us. Yeah, she's got yeah. a booth down there, and she's got a, a big uh, fashion show coming up. Didn't ask us to be in the fashion no, show. No, of course not. But no. of course, it's called mm. Age is just the, just a number. We're probably too young to be in it. Uh, okay, I, I like Co- that. Okay, a couple things coming up. All of a lot going on tomorrow, actually. So tomorrow, the Toronto Japanese Garden Club is hosting Fall Flowers and Bonsai from noon until 4.30. It happens at the Kobayashi Hall, which is in the Japanese-Canadian Cultural Centre, 8 Garamond Court in Toronto. There will be bonsai demonstration at 2 p.m. And at 3 p.m., learn all about Ikebana. It's $5 for adults, and there are refreshments available on site. Arigato. However, if you want to go to something free tomorrow yeah. also, the Greater Toronto Bulb and Hardy Plant Society will be hosting a meeting. It's at 1.30. It happens sort of the north end of Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, Cummer Park Community Centre, 6000 Leslie Street. That's Leslie right at Cummer. Uh, Dougald Cameron will be there. He's the uh, owner of Garden Imports. Very mm-hmm. clever guy, not to mention, like, he's very knowledgeable 
I should I'll probably get him on the show, actually. He knows everything about bulbs. Wow. He's been importing bulbs for years and years and years. He sells them over the Internet. It used to be just mail order 60s, now. 60s, 80s, 120s, uh, the bulbs? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, darling. We're talking grow. Oh, oh. Bulbs to grow. Bulbs to grow. Okay. Yes. Uh. And um, he, uh, <clears throat> Dougald Cameron will be at the uh, meeting tomorrow. His topic is, what is new in bulbs? And, of course, all are welcome. But mark your calendars. Next weekend is the Chrysanthemum Show at Centennial Park Conservatory. Okay. Do you remember last year we had a gentleman on the show? His name was Stanley, and his last name was Rozak. And he is just, he's so lovely. He's just, he just oozes enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Yes, I remember him there. As soon as I said that, you remember him. So he works at the Centennial Park uh, Conservatory Greenhouses. And, of course, the mum show, it's all, they've got um, figures all planted with mums, you know, people, um, objects. Uh, He does these mums where they they hang and they spread and they make these, you know, huge displays. Anyway, it's all very exciting. And it's next weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, 10 till 5. Of course, the conservatory is at 151 Elmcrest Road. Okay. Very good. Now, That's um, pretty much all I've got. Okay. Is that my shot? Uh, well, all right. I'll stop. <laughs> oh, that, that will give me an opportunity to interject. So very quickly here, uh, you have in front of you a couple of testimonials for Sierra Sill. I thought I, I just had a quick uh, glance at them, mm-hmm. but they sound darn interesting. Well, we talk about Sierra Sill here yeah. on the show as being something that you and I both take because we want to be active and we don't want to be hurting while we're active. Right. But in this case, this is a woman from Calgary. Her name is Audrey Drake. She writes, I have been using Sierra Sill joint 14 for two years. I was supposed to have hip replacement surgery, but after using this, no more pain in the hips or the joints. So she says, my hip and I can't get over how it has helped so much. She says, I advised several people to take it and they had the same results. Uh, and just, she's having really good success. So she's gone from requiring surgery and hip replacement to feeling quite good and getting around without any issues. Three little completely natural mineral supplements every day. Well, that's terrific. Okay. okay. And so for more information, yep. 1-877-JOINT-14 or the web, sierrasill.ca or many health food stores also carry Sierra Sill. Here in Toronto, the big carrot right on the day on 4th carries it. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, we had noted right off the top of the show, at least Charlie did, that we're going to be down at the uh, Zoomer Financial Show at the Direct Energy Center uh, between 11 and 1 today. But right now, we've got a report from Bill Gable. Bill? It's the Zoomer Show, the complete lifestyle show for men and women 45+. plus. Thank you, Frank. Over 250 exhibitors, great giveaway sampling prizes and a whole lot more. We are at the Energy Center Exhibition Place in Hall C and D today until 5 and tomorrow till f- uh, 10 to 5. And I'm uh, with Dennis Scudelero, Director of Sales for the McLennan Group. Dennis, uh, we've met before, but tell us a uh, refresher memory as uh, to what you're involved in. Thank you. The McLennan Group for the last 19 years have had the, has had the privilege of uh, providing all the life insurance and the insurance products, home, auto, travel, life, health and dental, 
that are available to all CARP members. And we've been doing that for the last 19 years or so. We've had the opportunity to, to develop these products that tie into the demographics of the Zoomer group and they're usually tailor-made for that uh, demographics and we'd like to invite everybody to come down say hello to us we have a great big booth here you can get a free quote for your home and auto as well as travel and with today's weather it's nice and dry in here and you're probably thinking about going south so come on in and, and get a quote for your travel insurance absolutely thank you dennis uh, come on down by the way mention am 740 get two tickets for just ten dollars this is bill gable for am 740 at the zoomer show all righty, Bill, thank you so much, and we'll be seeing you a little bit later on. Meantime, this is The Garden Show, and let's welcome our first caller, John in Mississauga. Good morning, John. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, John. Um, I have a question for you, uh, Charlie. Um, I, uh, somebody gave me quite a bit of, um, I think I'm going to, I hope I say it properly, uh, hydrogenic uh, lime, the white powder. Okay, but I bet you it's not hydrogenic lime. I bet you it's horticultural lime. Or does it say right on the package? Well, it, it, to tell you the truth, it, <laughs> you're gonna be some. It's in a five-gallon container. Uh-huh. <laughs> <clears throat> any so, labels? Anyway, what do I do with it? <clears throat> well, are there any labels on the container at all? Yes, there is. And it says hydrogenic lime. Yes. Well, I personally, I've never heard of hydrogenic lime. So when I quickly Google it, um, there. Uh, Good question. What were you told to use it for? Well, th- this gentleman, uh, you know, he's a, he's a gardener, and uh, he used it to uh, put it in the garden. Mm-hmm. To- you know, and so I wonder whether it can, you know, because I have quite a bit of it, and I want to use it and use it properly. Okay, so lime, typically, when we lime our soil, uh-huh. we do that because the soil has become very sour, is the common uh-huh. term. So sour soil is soil that's been super soggy, usually very, very wet, yeah. and <clears throat> is suffering from a whole bunch of what we call anaerobic decomposition. So it smells bad, it's swampy, and that sort of thing. It also typically has a very low pH. Uh-huh. So that's where liming the soil comes in because it'll raise the pH and it'll balance out some of the soil chemistry so that you'll have a more um, normal uh, sort of um, physiological activity going on so that you can grow things, unlike in a soggy, you know, swampy soil where you can't grow much. Mm-hmm. I personally would not put any of that anywhere near my soil unless you, sh- you know, you needed unless to. Unless you check it for the pH. Well, exactly. So it's a soil, um, first it's a soil test, and I'm happy to look up hydrogenic lime, but I honestly have never heard of it for use in the garden. Mm-hmm. Certainly horticultural lime I have. Yeah. The other thing is is that sometimes we get excited about amendments in our soil. We put too much, yes, and yes. you can really mess your soil up and make it completely infertile, sometimes for years and years and years. By no, getting no, I don't. That's why I'm away. asking, because yeah. I don't want to use it uh, you know, unless I have to. Exactly. Exactly. So you, know, you um, tell you what, you do the soil test, I'll do the research, and let's meet here again in about, what, two weeks, three weeks, or even in the winter, like spring, early spring, yeah. and let's talk about whether that's something you should be putting in your soil. Yeah. Okay? Okay, dear. Wonderful. Thanks, John. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. Okay. I've got a date with John. I know. <laughs> you like that, eh? Booking him in advance, <laughs> exactly. too. Exactly. I think that's pretty clever. <laughs> well, right here in T.O., there is a lady by the name Dorothy who wants to ask you a question about bushes being overgrown from rain or whatever. Mm-hmm. So let's find out what the, the whole deal is here. Good morning, Dorothy. Good morning. Good morning. Um, 
since we've had so much rain this past season, my bushes have overgrown, mm-hmm. and I'd like to cut them back. What now, kind these of are, what kind uh, of bushes? Bushes that uh, have flowers in the spring, like forsythia and uh, all the rest of them. Well, I'm wondering if I cut them back, do I get any flowers next year? Okay, so great question, Dorothy. If you cut back a plant, like an early spring flowering plant, like a forsythia, you will be definitely cutting back some of next year's flowers. So what you've cut off is gone. Um, assuming the plant is a, is a happy, healthy plant, hopefully it has flower buds all the way down to the ground. So, of course, you, will still have, you should still have some flowers. Um, but the new growth is where most of the flower buds are. And, of course, what you're cutting off is the new growth meaning the growth that grew this past summer. So what I would do is avoid cutting back unless you absolutely have to. If the shrubs are interfering with accessing the front door or the walkways or they're banging up against the windows or, you know, they're, they're screening up, a, covering a window so that there's no light coming in. You know, we have certain reasons why it's just a really good idea to cut something back regardless of the season, go ahead and do it. But if you can wait until after they flower, I would wait and then give them a a very hard pruning right after they flower. And then you won't be in this problem next fall. So you think that if if I cut just a little off? Yep. You'll cut off a a little bit of the flowers if you cut off a little. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye. Okay, and stay tuned. We'll be having reports from uh, Bill Gable down at Direct Energy Center very shortly indeed. Meantime, let's get back to uh, our lines here. And the phone number, I'll let you know that there are uh, two lines open right now at 416-360-0417. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free 1-866-744-740. In any case, Cliff. Clifford is right here right now from Welland calling in. Charlie, good morning, Clifford. <laughs> good morning, Clifford. Morning. How are you doing? Great. Yeah, me with the annoying questions. No problem. <laughs> we, we're happy for them. That's why um, we're here. I've got a bit of an issue. I put in a new garden this year mm-hmm. at the beginning of the summer, uh, a raised garden with uh, river stone around it. Mm-hmm. And I put in a whole multitude of different kinds of plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this might be a multiple question in one. Uh, I planted them and then went on to doing renovations around the place and kind of ignored it. <laughs> yeah. Now winter's coming on, so I figured I'd better prune and trim and everything. And these things have got, I, I call it my berry patch because I've got apricot trees and oh. berry bushes and everything in there. Mm-hmm. And they've all gone absolutely nuts. Like they're tr- I'm, I'm thinking of calling it my great escape because they <laughs> They're all trying to run away. <laughs> like uh, I put in uh, this week, I guess I'll deal with the blackberry bushes. Um, on the tab, when I bought them, they said they'd get like three foot tall, four foot wide. And I've got the blackberries have spread out like nine feet. Yeah, it was that kind of a growing season, wasn't it? Yeah. And some of them are rerouted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the apricots have tripled in size. Uh, everything's gone nuts in this patch. <laughs> now, when I planted them at the beginning of the summer, I got a load of uh, topsoil, peat moss, and uh, a fertilizer. I mixed it all together, and I built up like eight, eight inches yeah, high. good idea, yeah. And I planted all these things, and they've just gone absolutely bon- uh, nutso. 
Um, I love it when somebody's biggest problem is that their plants are too healthy. Yeah, yeah I know. That's, <laughs> I call with weird questions. No, I? it's great because it, it's absolutely right that so often we, we are you know, in distress because our plants are suffering and they're not looking happy and healthy and we're looking for help. And then the, the other problem is yours. The plants are so happy and healthy. They're taking over. They're out of control. What do I do? I will tell you that generally speaking, your fruits and berries – should not be trimmed now, whether it's an apricot or, well, in the case of the blackberries, I would do what you have to do. Uh, but any, if you have any fruit trees, like apricots in there, do not do any trimming on them now. Wait oh. until very early spring. So I should, like, tie them back because they've gotten so long they're leaning over. Oh, okay. And so these, are, these trees were not staked when you put them in, or they're just so tall? Oh, they're top no, they're straight. It's just the limbs of tripled in size. There's leaves at the top, leaves at the bottom, and the middles are bare. Oh. Um, And as for the blackberries, well, I cut the long ones in half, pulled up the roots where they rerooted themselves, and potted about ten of them. Oh, great. You're going to start your own nursery. Yeah. (laughs) That's what's confusing me. I don't know what to do with them. I I put in tripods for the blackberries that are eight feet tall. They're taller than the cherry tree. Oh, my goodness, yeah. The blackberries. All right, so... So you, it sounds like to a great extent you have a good idea what you need to do here. If the branches of things like apricots have tripled in size and are now turning into weeping apricot trees, which yeah. they shouldn't be, then you're right. Uh, you sh- Just to get through the winter to avoid damage in the wind, yeah. I would cut back. But next spring... You're going to get out there early in the spring or, you know, very very early in the spring, late in the winter on a sunny day, and you're going to take a really good look at these plants. Prior to going out there, you're going to do a little bit of research on the structure and framework of young fruit trees, like apricots or cherries or whatever you've got growing there. And then you're going to stand there with your your book or your printouts. You're going to look at what you've got there in the garden, and you're going to do some more pruning in the spring based on – providing a good, strong future skeleton, if you will, for right. these plants. Because all the, the pruning, it's so important that we prune properly in the beginning. Right. And that way, as the plants grow, they grow into sturdy, well-balanced, you know, fruit-bearing trees. Right, because we already got apricot jam this year. Wow, and I great. only just planted them. And uh, the blackberries didn't bear fruit this year, but like I say, the vines are like 10 foot tall. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and those you're going to want to cut way back. But, way back? Yeah, cut those way back. You, and again, you could do it this fall if you need to. Um, part of what's going to happen, just think about that winter wind and think about those plants all whipping around in the wind, even once their leaves have dropped. Of course, all those branches and vines and canes are still there. And they, they will get damaged. They will damage each other. Uh, bark will get all scraped. You know, this is just the beginning of a bad thing. Disease starts setting in. So... Sharp pruners, dry day, obviously not today, whatever pruning you're going to do, do it on, like I say, a dry day in the next few weeks. But be prepared to do a final, better, sort of more well-researched pruning next early spring before any leaves grow. Okay. Because like I say, I put in tripods for the blackberries, (laughs) staked them up, and they're like 
Eight feet beyond. Twelve feet tall. I know it's great. Well, you know, it don't fertilize. Maybe you shouldn't fertilize so much. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't say that. Well, we all... I made a new bed, so I mixed yeah. it all together. Fertilizer, peat moss. Oh, no, it sounds like a great mix. Just remember, fertilize only in the spring, though. So if you're gonna fertilize next year, just do it in the spring. No summer or fall fertilizing with those. I think I probably put enough in this year. Yeah, you don't. Have to. <laughs> that sounds to me like you did. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks a lot. Great. Well, good luck with that. Okay. Thanks. Wow, having way too much success I there, know. it seems like, doesn't it? Well, and you know what the other thing is? We we take little plants, you know, little baby plants, and we plant them in our gardens, and we just have this vision that they're yep. going to stay somewhat like that. Or we read, and just as Clifford said, it's only supposed to grow, you know, three feet wide or four feet tall, and all of a sudden he's seen triple what the book says yeah, exactly. in terms of growth. So sometimes the plants don't read the, the tags, and they have their own mind on mm-hmm. things. And other times it's us. We plant things too close. Trees too close to the house, uh, plants too close to each other, and there we are two, three years later having to dig and divide and do it all over again. All righty. All right. So all right. S- save yourself the hassle. Give everything lots of space right from the beginning if you can. Excellent. Excellent point. Okay. Now let's uh, do a little stretching here. Uh, ah, oh, oh I, I almost go. got her again. She, those sidearm things. Punched uh, in the eye. We sit too close together in the studio. I know. We're pretty it, cozy. Yeah, I know. Well, we're sharing a computer. My wife's been talking about this. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what I'm doing in studio you can't see at the moment is arm exercises. Out to the side, and that's how I almost clipped her again. I know. And then, I'm just going to go, oh, I'm gonna go to a different microphone, I think. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, so why is Frank beating me up and, you know, stretching in the middle of the garden show? Good question. Yeah. I think it's because he just likes the idea of being active. You know, I think he's actually a, he's thinking about the Sochi Olympics, and he, he's got this dream to, you know, get in there, and he's working out. And net. Net. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they won't send you as an athlete. They'll send you as a translator. But either way, uh, I think Frank just likes being active and, and pain-free. And Sierra Sill helps with that for both of us. Uh, s- troublesome joints become far more fluid and far less painful, we, we have found, with Sierra Sill. And you know what's interesting as well? If you go to the Sierra Sill website... There's all kinds of testimonials. I read one a few minutes ago. Um, There's a whole section on pets. As our dogs and cats age, you you know how they get, you see them all stiff. Sometimes they can't go up and down the stairs. Cats can't jump. Sierra Sill mixed in with her food can suddenly turn an old dog, well, it can teach an old dog new tricks because they are suddenly moving again, jumping around like puppies. So some really interesting information of of treating pets with Sierra Sill as well. Available in many health food stores, actually most health food stores, and um, like... Well... You've got the... Um, All the whole in, food markets yes. uh, across Ontario carry Sierra Sill. And they, people are available on, on the phone. If you'd like to give them a call, one eight seven seven joint 14 or the website. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, Charlie, through the magic of radio, let's take a little trip to Cambridge and uh, have a word with Peter. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Morning. What's your question? Yes, we can. 
You sound far away. All right. I'll tell you what, Peter. Ask your question, and then we'll answer you, uh, Charlie will, uh, on, the, on the radio. And you just uh, listen to the radio. You can hang up once you ask your question, okay? Okay. All righty. My question is, I've got a pond in the back garden. I've got um, water lilies and uh, bulrushes. To winterize them, do I take them out of the pond? Before you go, can you just tell me the depth of the pond? How deep is the pond? It was about just over three feet deep. Okay, perfect. Now hang up the phone, turn up your radio, and I'll give you the answer. And that way I think Peter will hear it better. Exactly. All right. Okay, Peter, thank you for your call. And uh, we'll be along with the answer, or we will. I like how I always no. include myself. I, exactly. In this. You're co-host of the show, and <laughs> yeah. you were, we are answering questions. Yes, Go yes. ahead, Frank. What's the answer? Well, now, I would say leave them alone, and they will come home dragging their cattails behind them. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Oh, thank you. Uh, that's um, good, because that's exactly what he should do. Right. Leave them alone. If the pond is as deep as three feet, or just over three feet, as Peter said, uh, then Water lilies and bulrushes are all extremely hardy. They, of course, will as water gets colder and frost starts to knock all the foliage off. That'll all drop down. But the roots that are down at the bottom will stay alive. The one job we do typically in our ponds, and we do it in the fall or the spring or both, is you get a rake out and you rake out some of that dead foliage. Just because it's all mucky and yucky and, it, again, it adds to that what we call anaerobic uh, respiration. So it just makes that into a, a, a boggy, smoggy sort of a mess with all the foliage in there. So, yes, that'll come out either in the fall or the spring, that you know black, mushy stuff. Meanwhile, the plants will start to grow once the pond warms up and the you know, frost is out of the, the water. Well, you've just given me a little germ of an idea for a song. <laughs> it's a boggy, smoggy mess we're into. <laughs> la, ta, 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 ta. Okay. I can't wait. You know, Frank and I are going to the Zoomer show after this. <laughs> yeah. But we're hoping some people might want to chat with us well, about yeah. gardening. But I have a feeling we might just be doing the, the you know, soft, <laughs> shoe. soft shoe. Yeah. Exactly. Well, little... little Foot slap there? Yeah, oh, there see, we go. Exactly. Oh, yeah, James, James is going to come with us by the looks of it. We'll do the, the terrific troika. Looks like he's uh, shuffling off to Buffalo yeah, there. Yeah. Well, in Scarborough, a gentleman named Bob is on the line ready to talk to you, Charlie. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Charlie. Frank? Good morning. While I was waiting there, I was surfing on the net, and I came across the 740 uh, website, and I see that uh, Frank and his younger years was an accomplished uh, movie actor. Um, yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> in, Still pretty... In my much younger years. Well, what, what's that saying? The whole world is a stage and we're all uh, actors uh, acting out what we think life should be? That's, well, close to it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> anyway, exactly. my question is I have some uh, uh, calla lilies and I have a big bed of them and a lot of them have gone to seed and the pods look, the seeds look like miniature corms. Do they develop into anything or is this, the plant reproduced by multiplying of the corms? Both. So there, you could now to grow calla lilies from seed is a long, slow process, okay, but you could green, do it. They don't seem to mature quick that, enough. Well, that's right. They'll likely die in the frost before they've truly re reached a level of maturity that you can uh, grow them. Um, yeah, if, with your searching on the net, 
because I don't know specifically calla lily requirements, just mm-hmm. off the top of my head, as you're recognizing, they w- they do need to dry enough that there's an actual, you know, that the pod is dried up and it's going to typically either crack open or spraying open sometimes, and the seeds eject. And if we lived in the tropics, they would grow. But of okay, course, so here they're, they're not going to dry now because no. they're still green, so yeah. they just rot. They'll just rot, and they would the little seedlings would die outside anyway because okay. callas are not frost hardy. Great. So either way, you're going to lift those plants once the foliage has been knocked back by frost. You're going to lift those those tubers, dry them down, and keep them frost-free for the winter before starting them again inside next March. Great. Thank okay. you. Okay. Thanks so much for your call. Thanks, Thank Bob. Keep, that, keep up that research. Okay. Research. <laughs> research, yes. Uh, let's see. Well, the Garden Show, and I'm surprised we have not had one first-time caller yet. That's a good point. Well, well yeah. nobody's admitted to it anyway. Well, yeah, Well, and be. for sure John and Dorothy oh, wait a minute. and Clifford uh, were, I see one. Uh, I we see go. a first-time caller is uh, coming up. Okay. Uh, Marie in Orangeville is next, though. Hello, Marie. Good morning. Morning. I have an amaryllis bulb that mm-hmm. I planted outside mm-hmm. for the summer. Mm-hmm. It has grew a baby out the side, and I always bring them in in about the end of September, Okay, and then dry it for about six weeks and plant it for nice bloom for Christmas. Mm -hmm. This year, I have four beautiful blooms outside (laughs) on the mama bulb. (sighs) What's going to happen to this amaryllis this year? Okay, so what's going to happen since you've got all those phenomenal flowers happening now is you better enjoy them because after these flowers are done, logically, I would think what's going to happen is the flowers will finish, the bulb will have put a lot of energy into the creation of those flowers, so now you'll have to do the same kind of growing it on with green leaves for you know three, four months or longer to fatten the bulb back up again before you then cause it to go dormant to then flower. So what's happened is over the summer, it was able to pop those, like it had enough of an experience of dormancy, whether it was the heat that did it to it, or we had some cool weather right after the heat, and I saw some of the spring flowering plants starting to bloom because a little bit of cold and then heat plants could think, oh, that was winter, now it's spring. So, you know, we get we have funny things happen to our plants. So if you, it's um, in a pot still obviously outside. The amaryllis. Yes. Okay. I would be now. Do I break that that one that has grew up the side? Do I break that away from the main bulb? If you can break it away without um, taking the whole thing out of the pot. Okay. Just because you don't want to lose those flowers. The flowers are there now. I would try and bring the plant in and enjoy the flowers. If you can use a sharp little knife and sever the baby off of the mother, you Uh can do that. And, of course, pot the little baby up into a very small pot uh, and then grow them both on. You may find that some more flowers will pop out. When we keep amaryllis going as just a regular house plant, because some people do. They never force it to go dormant. It will flower sporadically on and off with no real connection to why or when. So that's probably what's going on right now. It just went through a bit of a phase, and it said, okay, it's time to flower after the hot summer or or extreme something this summer. Oh, okay. Okay, but I don't think you'll have flowers for Christmas. That's the bad news. It won't have this year for Christmas. No. Oh, I had 12 of the most beautiful blooms last year right on Christmas Day. Oh, really? Well, that's why I'm saying don't maybe don't force this into dormancy. Keep it in the house as a houseplant between now and Christmas. It may send up some more flower spikes. 
Okay. Okay. Right. Thank you. Thanks Thank you for, for calling, call. Marie. Always nice to hear from the folks in Orangeville. Mm -hmm. And right now we're going to hear from the folks down there at the Direct Energy Center. Uh, all happening, the Zoomer Financial Show. It's a big show and one you should be going to. And here's a guy to explain why. Bill Gable. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, the Zoomer Show, the consumer lifestyle show for men and women 45 plus. Uh, so many exhibitors, and one of the 250 is Fraser Way RV. I'm with the general manager, Sean Morton. Now, Sean, is there any specific time of the year where people are really uh, using their RVs? It's every day of the season. Year-round. I, I can, well, yeah, I guess they're equipped for that, no problem. Days like today, snow, it doesn't matter. Um, now, if, if, if a person's interested, what if I, I wanted to get into an RV like this, this beautiful Ford in front of me right here, uh, what kind of uh, money are we talking? Well, to purchase a unit like this, you're looking at something in the range of about $45,000. And if uh, you're looking uh, to experience it in advance of that, you can look at our Snowbird Special, which will get you away for the winter for a month uh, for a total of $1,599 with 4,500 kilometers included. And that's enough to get you to Florida and back. All right. Sean Morton, the general manager for Fraser Way RV. And uh, by the way, mention AM740 when you get here, and you get two tickets to the Zoomer Show for just $10. We're in Hall C and D at the Direct Energy Center. This is Bill Gable at the Zoomer Show for AM740. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, we have the pleasure of welcoming uh, Robert in Scarborough, and he is a first-time caller. Welcome to the show, Robert. Well, good morning. Hi, Charlie. Hi, uh, Franklin. Good morning, Robert, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I listen to you all the time. Oh, Thank great. You. Great show. I wish it was longer. <laughs> I have uh, mildew on a tree peony. And a, and a massive rubecchia. Hmm. Um, they're, they're actually still in pots. They're not planted yet. Okay. All right. So the reason you've got the mildew there is probably because they're not in a super sunny location right now. Is that true? They are. Oh, they are? Yeah. Okay. Now... Which is why they were still in pots because it was a, it's a it's a new garden I'm mm -hmm. creating and mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure everything was fine. Mm -hmm. The other plants I bought with them that are side by side are are absolutely fine. Yeah. Okay, because so tree peonies are not typically very susceptible to powdery mildew. That's a bit of an unusual one. Well, I know I've I've had them yeah. for years and years at another house and I. I've never encountered it ever. Yeah, exactly. And same with Rudbeckia. Again, not super common. However, that's been that kind of a year. Uh, today is a good example of the kind of year it's been. <laughs> Wet, for many of us uh, in sort of this part of Ontario, it's been a damp year and it's been a gray year and it's been a cool year. And these are all the powdery mildew conditions. These are all the conditions that powdery mildew loves in order to thrive. Main thing to do, if you've got a new garden in progress and it is a full sun, you know, six hours plus direct sunlight every day. Keep in yeah. mind that when you do come up with your final location when you're planting those plants, try and ensure that there's 
really good air circulation around them. Um, if you've grown tree peonies before, you know they get a lot bigger than you expect them to. I, you know, I've got one that's been in the Oh, sand. yeah, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> well, I yeah, I mean, I've got one. I'm actually going to probably go with a chainsaw to do some work on it next spring after it flowers because it's just at a, it's way too big. I thought it might get, you know, two feet tall, but I think I'm about four feet by four feet with this thing right now. And uh, it's, it, but again, it's in lots and lots of sun and it's that air circulation and sunlight that will help avoid the, the mildew in the future. For right. this year, no worries. All those leaves are going to fall off anyway, right? When- and that worries me because if it goes into the other leaves that I'll be raking, will I get mildew through the, the throughout the garden? Not necessarily. If when you're raking your leaves, your intention is to put them back on the garden as a as a mulch. I, I do plan to do that this yeah. year because I'm I, you know I'm trying to make the ground better. Sure. And, yeah, and you're in Scarborough. You're like me. You don't have the greatest soil in the world, probably. It cracks. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, should I open a pottery studio or should I garden when I moved into Richmond Hill? I, I, I just love I just love gardens too much. I can't not. Yeah. Well, exactly. So, And I do exactly what you're thinking of, which is the leaves on the soil. But what you want is you want to ensure that those leaves are completely or as much composted as possible as early as possible in the season. So get a your lawnmower and mow the leaves into smaller pieces before you put them on the garden and they will decompose much faster and that will ensure that the mildew spores are not available to be spread around next spring right okay and also the almanac is saying we're gonna have a much drier year next year compared to this one oh that's good good news (laughs) um i don't have to worry about them coming back next year no I wouldn't. Again, just think about air circulation, lots of sun. Yes, if the conditions are right, many plants are susceptible to powdery mildew and will uh, end up with that little powdery thing happening late in the season, but usually not a big deal. Not tree peonies. No, not normally. So thinning, think about thinning the plant if it's a really bushy little plant. Just make sure sun and air can get right through into the center. Or okay. if, if it's brand new and you've still got a guarantee on it, you have the option. I do. I do. That's why they're still in the pot because yeah. I thought of bringing them back. You could. And just you won't get a new tree peony now, but you can get a credit I, and get yeah. a new one next spring. That's an option. If you're worried about yeah. those specific I, I, I'm specimens. Hovering. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't want it. I mean, mildew's a hard thing to deal with in the garden. It looks bad, too. I bought all the stuff to clean them, but I actually didn't do it. Oh, as in like salt, like garden sulfur, you mean? Uh, uh, no, I, uh, I bought liquid soap oh, okay. and um, alcohol and... Oh, well, I wouldn't do any of that. Whatever, yeah. whatever online did, but I thought... I didn't do it because I thought, I don't want to kill it. Yeah. No, yeah. and I wouldn't ever worry about uh, mildew on garden plants. It's the plants that we're bringing into our house that we really want to make sure are good and clean. Right. But for this time of year to have a little mildew on the leaves, not a big deal. The leaves are going to drop very soon, and next year's a whole yeah. new year. And I didn't get any mildew. I'm fine. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and your plants, I presume, didn't either. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot for your call, Robert. Would, would Franklin spell Sierra cell again? S I E on air. Sure. Before it's over. Yeah. Okay. Right now. I can do that. Right now. Get off the line and grab a pen. Okay. Thanks, Robert. So there's Robert, who doesn't have any mildew. We are happily to note. No. Yeah. Okay. You can spell it now. Sure. S I E. R R A S 
I L. <laughs> he can't just spell no. it. He has to sing it. Well, yeah, exactly. How cute That's is my that? whole gig. You know, yeah. uh, uh, you know. We get calls. We get calls from all over the place. And in just a couple of moments, we're going to go up to a community that is known as the birthplace of Winnie the Pooh, and they have they have an annual festival commemorating the bear cub, who became the inspiration of author A.A. A. Milne. And we'll tell you where that is in just a moment. Right now, we're going down to the Direct Energy Center and the Zoomer Financial Show underway right now today and tomorrow. But right now, it's Bill Gable. Thanks again, Frank. Yeah, Bill Gable here at the Zoomer Show. And uh, among the 250 exhibitors, and there's so much fun to be had here, I'm speaking with Julie. Now, Julie, you're representing the Apple Pie Trail. What's that? It is a group of businesses that are strung together by the common theme of apples. And you have culinary adventure, you have um, apple orchards, you can go canoeing and do a wine tasting. And the common theme is apples. And there are a lot of apples in the Collingwood Blue Mountain area, a lot of um, apple orchards. And a lot of the members on the Apple Pie Trail have done things like create signature apple pie trail items like caramel spice lattes or um, French apple tarts from Cafe Chartreuse. Uh, the Sunset Grill has created their signature apple, apple pie trail pancakes. You can pick your own adventure. They have a lot of self-guided tours. You can do snowshoeing, uh, canoeing. You can go to a place like Scandinav Spa. Fabulous. And I noticed that uh, you have samples of uh, boy, there must be a dozen or more different varieties of apples. So all the apples we have here today are from the Farmer's Pantry, um, which is uh, one of the stops on the Apple Pie Trail. And so they've polished these all up for us, and uh, mm -hmm. we're representing them here today as well. Well, terrific. Come see Julie at uh, the Zoomer Show. I mentioned AM 740 at the door. Get two tickets for just $10 today in Hall C and D at the Direct Energy Center. This is Bill Gable for AM 740. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor, along with Charlie Dobbin, who is <coughs> having a little bit of a coughing Sorry. fit here. But I'm, I have just a little bit of an introduction before we welcome Rick to the line. He lives in White River, or presume there, or close at hand. Uh, it's actually uh, midway between Thunder Bay and Sault Ste. Marie. So it's up there. <laughs> and apparently it's snowing. Is that right, Rick? Hello. Yeah, morning. hi, Rick. It's snowing up there now, is it? Well, I'm... Still laying around. It's it's been. We got. I had to dump the rain barrel. I had water on, or ice on the bucket and everything. Mm. It's pretty bad. Wow. Yeah, winter's yeah. winter's coming. It's too long. <laughs> yeah, where you are, it's so longer. I've for got sure. a house full of potted plants that are outside all summer long. Mm -hmm. But my hibiscus are my pride and joy. I got four big pots mm -hmm. in the house, and I'm wondering about artificial light on them. Okay. In the hey. evenings or something, because I got I got a north facing window and I don't uh, get a lot of sunlight. Yeah, good idea. I think that you'd be very wise to get some kind of a grow light. It could be just the kind that goes into a regular, you know, I, sort of a, a, one of the lamps. You know, I the, got them, but I'm just wondering about distance away from the plant. Oh. Uh, okay. On the, the package that the grow bulb came in, it'll usually talk about, you know, foot candles at certain distances. The main thing is you certainly don't want it too close because they get very hot. Yeah. So I'd be keeping, you know, sort of minimum three feet or four feet away from the, the plants. Okay. Uh, and the putting them on at night, the... It, considering that, see, the plants know when it's day and they know when it's light. Yeah. Sorry, light, night and day. So 
rather than giving them kind of partial light during the day in that northern window and then extra light in the in, once it's really dark, I would be inclined to put the lights on if you can during the day. Okay. Bump up the light when they expect it. Yeah, Unless that doesn't make sense and you're not there and it would be just a total waste of electricity and it would make more sense when you're there. You can read a book while the plants are absorbing all that, that light as well. Well, we have our peak time. You know, we can't have the hydro on. <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. That's right. We do pay big for hydro before five, yeah. Oh, it's, it's wicked to heat your house with electricity up here. Oh, I bet. It must yeah. be fierce. But uh, that was my question, yeah. and uh, I'm trying to get on that jet plane, but I'm having a heck of a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need a little warmth, my friend. Gosh. Well, good luck on that, Rick. Hey, All well, the very best. AM740 is the greatest, and uh, thank you thank you for being there. Oh, okay, thank thanks you. Thanks so much for calling, and stay warm. God yeah, bless. I just, uh, as a matter of fact, Rick, before you go, yeah. I just took a look at the website for uh, White River, and there, you see the the river itself. Yeah, it uh, looks like it's really fast flowing. Uh, obviously, uh, the white, white. Yeah, uh, does anybody raft down that or? Uh... Oh, it's it's one of the top ten rivers in Canada for paddling. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, right now our water level is higher than spring level. It's been well, like everywhere else, we had lots of water. This yeah, year. yeah, yeah. It's it's a phenomenal river. Wow. They're building a couple de- hydro dams on it, but it's. It's a beautiful river. Well, gosh, one of these looks days I'm going to have to get up yeah. there. It looks like a gorgeous part of the country. Well, it takes lots of time because once you get up the long Lake Superior between here and Thunder Bay, you'll 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 want to spend every moment along that shoreline. I was going to say, that's you want right. To stop yeah. every chance you get. It's gorgeous <laughs> okay. up there. Appreciate the call, Rick. All very right. much. Well, let me know Thank when you. that jet's going over. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Take God care, bud. Right on. Well, isn't that neat? Uh, yeah, all sorts of interesting calls this morning, and uh, mm. once again, you and I will be heading over to the Direct Energy Center uh, right after the show. And uh, and if you can't make it in the next couple hours yeah. to see us, remember Marilyn is there at two thirty. Right. She's got. She's going to be on stage, as a matter of fact. That's right. She's got a uh, what do you call it? A show. I was going to say beauty show. What's it yeah. called? Uh, you know, fashion, fashion, show. Thank fashion, you. fashion. Show. Can you and tell? I don't know the word fashion. <laughs> Makes sense. Says she who wears her leggings in. Uh, you and, usually and say I wear too. my pajamas in. <laughs> yeah, well, today I'm about... not wearing pajamas. <laughs> well, you're going out to meet the folks. So exactly. I expected you to be in your best casual outfit. Uh, <laughs> a little shot. There. I'm going to hit you yeah. later when we're off here. Oh, okay. okay. So booth number uh, two seven three seven is Marilyn. Yeah, if you're in the. You see the main stage, look directly behind back, you. <laughs> behind you, and there's Marilyn's booth. And uh, I love the name of her show, uh, Age is Not a Number. It's just She's, a number. Oh, Age is Just a Number, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and there's a 96-year-old model who will be taking part in the I show. I know, how cool is that? Marilyn, how about that? Okay, huh? so remember, you can, if you don't get on the radio or you don't want to get on the radio you can email me c.dobbin d-o-b-b-i-n at mzmedia.com you can also follow me on twitter at charlie dobbin and i'm going to just quickly read an email that i actually got a full month ago from barbara who's uh, called us before from the buffalo area and she asks about putting uh tulips in Keeping them indoors, mm. to have them bloom indoors in pots. So she, you know, can I plant a few in pots uh, and leave it in the garage like March? So the main thing is, yes, it's called forcing. When you take tulips or hibiscus or any of those bulbs that are good for forcing, you do pot them up into potting soil in pots. 
get as many in the pot as you can fit. Just try to not have the bulbs touch each other. Water once, put in a dark plastic bag, tie up the dark plastic bag. You want to keep them dark. I put mine in a fridge if there's room in the fridge. Bottom line, frost-free but fridge-type temperatures and minimum 10 weeks. Take them out of the fridge, get them into the light. They start to grow and bloom, and it's an amazing thing. And it could be January, February. I'm looking through the studio glass here at uh, James Patrick Dooley, and when you said you put them in, put the tulips in the fridge yes. if there's room, <laughs> I know he and I are having the same thoughts yeah. here. How could tulips there ever be room? <laughs> tulips or beer? Yes. Golly, which way is that going to go? Well, we have a beer fridge <laughs> that we don't keep super full in the wintertime, oh, so there is usually ah. room for a few pots of bulbs. Very good. Uh, okay. Well, that. thank you one and all for yeah. uh, giving us a, a shout this morning. Yeah, uh, always and, uh, great to have good questions from all over the place, we might point out. Got some good questions there, hydrogenic lime to learn more about and um you yeah. got a bit of homework to do yeah but i can put that one off I'm, i've got john calling in the spring <laughs> <laughs> okay oh and next week yes. we're gonna have a special guest we have the ceo of the royal winter fair joining us next week and we're going to talk all about the farm to table movement okay. which is all about that grow local eat local mm-hmm. uh you know sustainable agriculture urban agriculture uh there's a very big couple of big displays down at the royal on that subject So we're going to uh, talk with the CEO of the Royal next week and learn more so we can all get down there and and just enjoy it. Okay. And I see the guys from uh, Dave's Corner Garage have arrived. They're all set to roll along. It's kind of the best show outside of ours. Uh, You can, uh, most fun you can have without having your clothes on or having your, whatever. whatever. Uh, (laughs) Well, keeping your clothes on, I think. That's it. That's it. it. Okay. So thanks, Frank. Couldn't do it without you. Thanks, James. And we definitely couldn't do it without the callers. So thanks, everybody. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.